0: She's 21, beautiful, talented and remarkably down to earth. She also has half a dozen Hollywood producers lined up at her door begging her to appear in their next movies. A week ago, Nicole Kidman was just another young Australian actress on the verge of making it overseas. Then her latest movie, Dead Calm, was released in America and the critics raved. They gave the movie the thumbs up and declared a star is born. A $10 million murder thriller with Nicole trapped at sea aboard a hijacked yacht. A drama-charged chase scene where submission to a madman is her only hope of staying alive. It's all part of the acting you never see on screen. The weekly voice lessons, where only practice makes perfect. If success for Nicole Kidman depends on dedication, the chance must be pretty good. But as those in the business know, clearing that final hurdle to Hollywood is for a very select few. Do you think she'll eventually make it to the very top of the heap? Um, knowing her as well as I do, I'd say that she can defy the odds. What's your greatest fear professionally?
1: Probably that it will all be taken away.
0: And just, and no more offers?
1: Yeah, that'd be terrible. But then, You've, you've got to struggle. It's got to be hard. Mm. And
2: you've got to suffer in some ways. But I hope that it just gets better and better. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. Hello. Hello.
1: Hi.
2: Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. Big news today Talk to Me is getting a sequel. A24 has ordered Talk to Me 2. Uh, also, we have a new most successful horror movie of the year. You know what it is? Barbie. Talk to me? Insidious Red Door has uh, now passed the $180 million threshold. Wow. Speaking of Talk to Me, I saw
3: Talk to Me again. Oh, you did? Last Tuesday. I I brought Connie and Ben's Been Dead. Oh, nice. Did you like it uh, good the second time? I did even more. It was almost the same exact experience. Yeah. Um, Even when I knew it was coming, it was just great. I, wa- I, haven't
2: be- I haven't had a chance, but I checked today. It is showing through next week, so I'm going to try to get back there. You guys know what the most successful horror movie of this year was before Insidious?
1: The Meg 2. <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> Any other guesses? No. No. It was Megan. Oh, oh, you were close! Wow, that, you were close. I was, yeah. you thought like say the, that. Megan. the Megan. The the Megan, Megan earned about a, a, almost 100, almost 180 million. So I, Red I, Door just passed it. Did
1: that not just go to streaming? That went to the theaters.
2: Yeah, uh, Megan yeah, yeah, was yeah. in the theaters. Yeah, oh. it was a big
4: thing. I didn't see it. it I,
2: was,
1: I, I saw. Remember. it
4: was just okay. In oh, my you saw? It. Yeah, You, you had not seen it yet at all? In my no. apartment. Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah, it looks fine. I'm not wild about doll horror.
3: Mm-mm. As well, in, like
4: it bothers you, like it creeps you out, or it just no, doesn't just, do anything for you. No,
2: uh, Well, you know, I used to be, I used to be big into doll horror when I was like eight.
4: Is that when you were big into <laughs> dolls?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, I used to place my dolls in a particular way before I went to sleep, so that I, <gasps> I would try to remember exactly how I put them in case they came alive during the night and moved around. I try oh to, oh my bust, god, try to bust them.
1: Um, wow, Ooh. if I may interject and and, um, connect with you on this for a moment i used to rotate my dolls so that they would be in the front and then the ones behind would get a turn because i didn't want any of them to get mad at me and then attack me right so right exactly i'm scared of doll movies now did you see did you see megan i did and it was just like i don't know i i feel like there's a difference between human-sized robot versus tiny doll that's going to murder you I feel like there's a difference this there This is for more me. tiny
2: doll, more of an AI thing, I guess. If yeah. You saw the oh, Chucky like remake size.
3: The Chucky reboot with Aubrey Plaza. I saw
2: that. That was okay. It's like that. It's okay. like
3: that good. Right. You know what I mean? It's not super good, it's not terrible, but
1: I have yet to revisit the Chucky films because except for the Bride of Chucky because I feel like I don't know, that one just doesn't count for me, but the rest uh spook, spook me out a, a bit too much. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Also
2: saw uh, Street Trash, 1987 cult classic, is getting a reboot. I don't think I've ever seen Street Trash. Dave's been talking about it for years. Yeah, that's is a Trash Week I've wanted to do. I know, I know with that. Yeah. And like Hobo with a Shotgun or something. You never pull the trigger. I think you need. I've never seen Hobo with a Shotgun either.
3: Oh, our right, Trash Week coming up. <laughs>
1: every week is trash week. I'm interested I'm here in, with in, you guys. Uh,
2: in the original Street Trash though. I, I missed
3: that one. Yeah, every week
4: is trash week. It's a really good one. <laughs> That's
3: what I said. Uh, The movie reviewer Colin Christians that we follow is a big fan of that movie. Okay, and we've we very seldom disagree on anything. So
2: it, it's being done by Cinadime, bloody disgusting Screambox production. So it'll be a Screambox original. Interesting. This week, it's Jaws without Jaws week. <laughs> Woo! Terror on the Water, <laughs> uh, Billy Zane as Jaws. Mm. As Jaws,
1: <laughs> the, the gotta fix the boat week. Yes, fix the Who boat. Who looks week. Fix better,
4: shirtless week. Jaws or Billy Zane? Walk
1: I love Jaws so much that I like to also watch movies that could have Jaws. Th- yeah, there's a there's a chance that Jaws, Castaway. There could have been a shark. I like that movie. You know, I don't know. I
2: think both movies to me this week are essentially Jaws just in a, in a different form. Okay. Just without the shark. You've, you've got terror on the high seas. Mm,
1: yes, this is true.
2: We're going to start with the uh, 1989 Dead
1: Calm. Ray Ingram, Nicole Kidman, and her husband John, Sam Neill, struggle to overcome sudden death of their young son. In an attempt to move past their loss, the couple take their yacht out for an extended vacation trip. While far out at sea, they come across a sinking schooner and rescue the ship's sole survivor, Hugh and Warriner, Billy Zane. Huey claims the crew died from food poisoning. Though Ray is empathetic towards Huey, John is suspicious of his story. And when he discovers the yacht's terrible secret, Huey goes wild, kidnapping John's wife and taking his ship. Terror on the high seas is center stage as John fights to keep the mystery yacht afloat. And Ray battles the psychotic man who's assumed control of their ship. This was an intense little flick. I feel like these kind of hostage thrillers are a a little predictable, but this one was keeping me pretty close to the edge of my couch, I will say. Definitely not a relaxing watch. It was not a fun uh, morning watch for me before work. I didn't stop being stressed out until the very, very end. I think we all know what I'm talking about. Because every time something hopeful seemed to be happening, those hopes were very, very quickly dashed. All three main characters kill it in this one, I think, but Billy Zane is the real star here in that you hate him, but then you sympathize because he's like trying to be nice, but then you're like JK, like why did he go ham on everyone on that boat? Like that guy was just like being mean to him, so he went crazy. It had to have been a mental break. There was some un like underlying things going on, I assume. But also it was just like obviously the photographer dude was super shitty cuz he read that um Sam Neill read that weird like ad that he put out for like four hot women to just like jump around on a boat for a little while, which I think is sus, you know, just right off the bat. But either way, I'm not saying he was, like, redeemable in any way. Obviously not. Uh, He was just, like, a big part of you of keeping, like, keeping you guessing whether or not he was just gonna go ballistic or try to bang, which he did. The most awkward sex scene of all time. Everywhere online kept describing it as passionate.
4: I saw saw that, too. It yeah be...
1: no, you saw the passionate des- yeah, description it, it
2: was yeah in one of the synopsis I saw they have passionate sex. So Otherwise, I did... <laughs> well it reminded me of yeah. um, it was very much like I spit on your grave. She had the same yes. sort of mode of revenge as
1: like going for the yeah for the like, gills. Ah,
2: I know how to get this guy. let's have sex
1: <laughs> which worked. but then when I was just you know doing my due diligence, it was like you know passionate sex. I'm like that's very incorrect and I was very uncomfortable watching it the whole time. But anyway, it was suspenseful, it was scary, and I think it had one of the greatest ending deaths I've seen in a very long time. That was the cherry on top that I needed. I won't say who the death belonged to, but there was a flare gun involved to the dome. I was very into it.
4: I was really young when I saw it. I definitely had seen Dead Calm, but I was definitely really young Therefore, I I totally remember the Sam Neill scene when he gets to Billy Zane's yacht and discovers oh shit. Even though his like he was pretty on alert already, mm-hmm. for me I definitely wouldn't have paid much attention to this movie other than that scene, and and probably like Nicole Kidman. So watching it again now, this movie is fucking great. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I was shocked because. Shit goes down super fast. Like, wait a minute, we have like an hour and 15 minutes left. How are they going to make this interesting? And they do. Somehow they do. I will say it gets a little bit ridiculous at the end in terms of like, is he dead? Is he dead? Mm -hmm. Coming back, coming back. That gets a little bit tired for me. But awesome. Young Nicole Kidman, young Billy Zane, young Sam Neill, even though he's 42 in this.
1: Oh, he's so old. Kidman
4: and Zane are like 22 in this. Which is, you know, that's fine. Uh, But yeah, totally held together by three fantastic performances. Surprisingly, firmly in the horror genre for me. Definitely like one long Cape Fear end scene. Uh, Let's take the end of Cape Fear and make it an hour and 40 minutes. (laughs) To answer your question, though, because I had a problem with this as well. um, And I thought we'd get more answers when Sam Neill is on. Billy Zane's yacht, which he spends a a pretty good amount of time kind of being trapped on, Mm -hmm. and they kind of slowly keep revealing things. I was, I didn't, it didn't give me the payoff that I was looking for. This is based on a book. So apparently, the book has a lot more in terms of what Billy Zane did, why he did what he did, and all of those. So Mm -hmm. there must have been like a conscious effort by the filmmakers to make that a little ambiguous, and maybe they thought that made it more suspenseful. A little more creepy if you're like, this guy is just a fucking whack job. Mm -hmm. Um, And one minute he could be like very charming and seemingly calm and then snap like a a little child. But yeah, I thought that this one was fantastic. I'm super
3: psyched. A good pick. I immediately knew the movie when you said it because I liked this back in the day. It immediately makes me think of Cinemax. Um, (laughs) I used to like flip through the little guide that you'd get in the mail. And I would look to see if a movie had, like, nudity or yeah, brief yeah. nudity <laughs> or, like, sexual content uh, in it. Yeah. And if it did and it was yeah. on at, like, 9 o'clock, I'd be like, oh, sick. Perfect. Loophole. <laughs> I'm going to bed early. And I'd watch these thrillers, you know, with, like, <laughs> Kenneth Brana and them, all these weird, like. But that was, like, my thing. And I hadn't seen this since way back in that pubescent renaissance. And, and this movie's trash, it is, it is. This movie's complete trash. trash. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. <laughs> but like mid to excellent trash thrillers are kind of my thing. In the wee hours of the night, I just sit with my slack jaw and like stoned face staring at some movie just like this. Yeah. It's kind of my go to comfort food for, for just trying to stay awake, just something that'll stimulate my brain enough to keep the synapses going or whatever. The reactions in this movie, though, they fucking killed me. Uh, every time something terrible happens, everyone looks like they're in a fragrance ad. Especially at the end. The end is just they roll credits over them just like looking <laughs> handsome. There, there, like, should, there
4: should have been like a shampoo <laughs> ad at the end. Like when, someone's when head just hair exploded
3: washed. from a flare gun. And uh, they're just you know, like, like come on, off. like maybe we could be a little traumatized. I thought there was a lot of that posturing all throughout the movie. Although they do the pace of the movie is what saves that and kind of the the two dual stories happening where Sam Neill is in a sinking ship trying to get it going to to rescue and they're trying to do you know the primitive boat communication and the radios out and they hear him for a second and there's even some Morse code, kind of like primitive Morse code, in this between the two of them. Yeah, but I mean, it is trash. It's a trashy cinemax thriller. (laughs) It's not till the very end when it does go past that point that you were comfortable with, where he's coming back, uh, very Cape Fear. That movie goes that far at the end. He's like a fucking zombie by the end of it, and he's all waterlogged. (laughs) And this is kind of like that. I mean, you know, barring that he does, he's not covered in seaweed or something like that, but. There is that to it, and also the final scene that is like, okay, this is kind of horror. If it had a different DVD cover, maybe I would be like, this is a horror movie. Um, Nicole Kidman's butt, <laughs> fresh as a fucking baby. <laughs> Breakout <laughs> roll. Yeah, I, I still don't understand how the tear away the breakaway cargo shorts. shorts. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean...
1: It was a different time. It hurt I my know.
3: fingernails just watching <laughs> you do that.
2: Your sh- shorts broke away like Hulk Hogan's T-shirt. <laughs> yes. Well, it's good news. I
4: wore jean shorts this week to challenge you guys yeah. to try okay. to rip them <laughs> off <laughs> Woo!
2: Man, I love this one. This yes. is You Cannot Go Wrong with this late 80s trash thriller. Yes. Yeah. I remembered yeah. it well from the day I rented this and I watched it many times on cable after that. This mm-hmm. was part of a whole wave of late 80s, early 90s, like malevolent stranger movies. If you remember Pacific Heights, Michael Keaton, Malice... Alec Baldwin, Hitchhiker we talked about. Yeah, even um, the psychosexual ones like fatal attraction, basic instinct, disclosure, single white female. Nice. Uh, I would even roll in like the babysitter stuff, you know, poison ivy, crush. Ooh. You're Ooh. For, you're
4: forgetting one very oh, important one. Wait, I'm right that, now. <laughs> no, but th- there's one very important one that was my flip to the Cinemax catalog uh-huh. by the same director of this movie. Oh, Sliver.
2: Oh, Sliver, Billy Baldwin and Sharon Stone, of course. Yes. This uh, Philip Noyce, Australian director, would go (laughs) on to uh, make Sliver, and he would do a bunch of action movies too, Patriot Games, Hunt for Red October, I believe. Salt.
1: Great flick. All kinds of stuff. I haven't seen any Um, of those movies that anyone just listed.
2: Yeah, this is a comfort watch. It's worth the rentals. VOD, well worth the rental. You want a late night thriller that is well-paced, it's 90 minutes. It's totally ridiculous. It's a little different than I remembered. I remembered them all being on the boat the whole. Time. I forgot the whole thing where Sam Elliott is is separated on the sinking boat and he's trying to get back to her. Uh, also, a very uh, this is a, a like a heroine final girl story. I thought one of the interesting things you didn't see a lot in nineteen eighty nine is really we can talk about it. But Nicole Kidman is the, is the hero of the movie. She really saves the day. And I thought it was very funny that after she literally does everything and saves him, at the end of the movie, they, they let him do one thing. And then they give him that line, I found you. <laughs> Bitch, you didn't find shit. You were on a fucking piece of wood <laughs> in the ocean. She <laughs> came waiting. back and found you. Click one for yes, two for no. The guy didn't no. find anything. Billy Zane, I, know, I think this is the only movie I've ever seen him in. And he's great in this. I mean, he must have been told so many times coming up in his career that he looked like Marlon Brando. Right, I thought that too. I, I mean, I, the guy, and, and he's going for it. He is giving
3: his He's in Titanic. He's, he's a bad guy in Titanic. Oh, okay. I was going to say, it's like you've never seen something. him in a movie. I don't know that I've ever seen Titanic, to be honest. Well, this must well, have led to Titanic.
2: Well, he w- he was, uh, I found out in 2019, there was a biopic announced about Marlon Brando called Dancing, or Dancing with Brando or something like that. And it was supposed to star Billy Zane. As Marlon Brando, but then COVID hit shortly after this was announced. And so it never, I guess it never happened, but he's doing his damnedest to be the freaky Brando (laughs) killer guy. I mean, he's just, he's chewing the scenery as hard as he can. He's manic. He's going from smooth and and kind or sexy to maniacal the next minute. Oh, man, this was so fun. Everything about this was great. The ending was great. I want to talk about that. Studio tacked on. Thank you, studio.
3: Sometimes they know (laughs) what they're doing. No, they don't.
2: Oh, come on. I thought Billy Zane had a real flair for
3: the villain. I think that if everyone, uh, you know, like you you and Kevin are killed, I, I think I would just go to Kat and be like, I could go for a croissant. (laughs)
1: <laughs> a croissant.
3: Maybe some strawberries and a croissant. Some
1: really cold mango. What about all
3: the dead bodies? Yeah, really cold mango. I do
1: have a question. Yeah, all
3: the dead bodies as far.
1: So it was interesting that it was, you know, kind of dual stories going on of Nicole Kidman with Billy Zane and then Sam Neill on the other boat every time it would go from Sam Neill like trying to figure out what this guy fucking did back to the Billy Zane Nicole Kidman boat I was like go back I don't want to like I just don't want to see their weird like sexy cat and mouse I want to figure out why Billy Zane decapitated and like cut up all these bodies.
2: You don't really get an answer for that. You don't.
4: No, also, I think the book gives you more. Yeah, yeah. It was at, a novel. As as case. Case.
1: Well, I can't read, Kevin. So that's why I watch movies. <laughs> it was
4: very uh, Event Horizon. Speaking of Sam Neill, mm-hmm. like yeah. he finds the dead bodies, he finds the video. Yes, all yes. of that was. I do remember that as a kid because that that scene did shock me when Sam Neill the boat is filling with water and all the body parts all of a sudden are like floating around him. That was pretty yeah. fucking hardcore.
3: Cat, like like in Creep, you were saying that you uh, wouldn't answer this ad, that you thought it seemed sus.
1: It was to a sus ad. go party on a
3: boat in bikinis and stuff?
1: I don't think I would ever. I'm very much like Nicole Kidman in this movie in which he Sam Neill's like, we got to help this boat. It's in distress. She's like, can't we just like hang out just the two of us like maybe we don't go talk to the yeah, stranger maybe we
2: don't need to find out what's going on on that boat. so
1: i feel like i'm that person in which i would never answer a strange man's at well
3: unless you got a boat
1: yeah i guess if he's Isn't got like how a you ended boat. up on
3: this podcast whoa that's crazy
1: <laughs> that is
3: you're the strange man I'm, I'm holding
2: my i have a i have a joke i have my own joke i'm holding it
1: um, oh really oh. for what <laughs> never Okay, <laughs> is it, I could probably put the pieces together.
2: The moment I knew that this movie was going to absolutely fucking slap is very early on in the film. It starts with this opening where Nicole Kidman has been in a car accident and their son has died. And she's in the hospital and there's a flashback scene... <laughs> To the accident where, where little Danny from the backseat or whatever his name was he goes flying through the windshield and there is a long shot of, of this dummy like a Chucky doll and he goes through the windshield not only do you see it go through the windshield but it's like suspended in air it's hanging there obviously like on strings and fans are blowing the air and just looking at this little kid dummy oh yeah this is
4: going to be better than no, it's I thought awesome. Billy Zane, Sam Neill, Nicole Kidman, the fucking dummy. <laughs> I
1: definitely <laughs> forgot about that moment until you just brought it up. It's, its
4: incredible. I was like, we, <laughs> like I, "Maniac looks more realistic than oh. <laughs>
3: that scene." Yeah. Oh man, but it, but it is just a notch turned the right way that it is a great movie, and yeah. Yeah,
2: it's that's that's what's so great about it because it is trashy as hell. It's salacious and sensational and stupid, but at the same time, it's engrossing. It's great. It's tight, very tight. I mean you just you're in it, and it's just humming right along like a ship out on the water, yeah. a full
4: sail ahead or whatever. Full <laughs> mast. <laughs> exa- all the I movies didn't... that you listed off, they don't they they walk this very thin line where you it could be absolutely unwatchable. If they were trying to make it the cinema, right? But they—they're not they're, at all. Everything you listed off is a comfort watch because the yeah. second it starts, you're like, yes. "Oh, I don't need to take a shower before I watch this. This is fucking grimy." This is <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. And you don't have to try too hard. Get up, grab a snack. Yeah. Don't worry about this. Yeah. It's a popcorn. You're not going to need some lotion,
1: yeah. <laughs>
4: some tissues. <laughs> <Gross>.
1: <laughs> oh, God. that took a turn.
2: Demon. I thought it was funny seeing. Uh, <laughs> It was funny uh, listening to Nicole Kidman just let the Aussie accent fly, because this was this was like her big break, her first, I think, her first breakout role, and it, uh, it's an Australian production, so there's there's no hiding the accents or anything. and mm-hmm. She's just letting it go. Um, Sam Neill, I love Sam Neill. Never loved him more than Possession, obviously, which we've talked about, but I feel like between Possession and Dead Calm, this is 89, he did so many movies where he's the he's this guy. It started in Possession, I think. He kind of did this thing where at some point in the movie he's he's losing his mind. He's flipping out. Whether it's the su- Suter Kane, was that the Mother
4: Madness? The Mother Madness, yes.
3: Event Horizon, like you said, other ones that he's just always losing his mind about something. What a blendo that would be. Dead calm and the possession. So the girl turns out to be someone that you don't want to be trapped on a boat with. And Billy and Billy Ooh. Zane is yeah, Billy, Billy Zane. Zane
2: is a cosmic he's
3: tentacled a- creature. <laughs> he's kind of like the guy that Isabelle oh. uh, uh, <laughs> the, and the other guy, the German lover. Than. Yeah, yeah. He kind of has yeah. that vibe. Like,
1: I will say, I think was. What was the movie she was in with Tom Cruise? Days of Thunder? Days of yeah. Thunder. Was that pre this movie or was this the pre? I believe that's
4: after this movie. Wow. I could be wrong. Nicole Kidman does save a lot in this movie except for the dog.
1: We haven't had a dog get it in a while. No, and that... Pet it, gets
4: it, it. Dog, it. fucking broke my heart. And the and the <laughs> dog's so name is what, Dave? I don't remember. Barney?
1: Ben. No. Ben.
3: ben. Ben. Oh, speaking of Ben. Uh, we're all not attending Ben's listening party <laughs> for his album <laughs> Sail Eden which is also a boat-themed album, like our theme of the week. Wow. I, I thought for sure you were in cahoots with Ben's Been Dead mm. for the promotion of his new album that dropped last night at midnight.
1: I am, yeah. It's a great album. We all love it. Days What's of- your
3: favorite song, Kat?
1: <laughs> Um, The first one.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sail Eden, I think the title track is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> There's that one. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, Days of Thunder, 1990. Wow, So this, close second. This was
1: it. Yeah, well, that's good. So, I got spoiled by the subtitles in this one for Ben's death because when she shot the arrow through the door, the subtitle said Ben whimpers, and I'm like, "Oh,
4: oh, I didn't notice that." It's yeah. the dog. Oh, I did.
2: I yeah. watched. I, I got oh. choked up. <laughs> yeah. I got choked up. <laughs> it was a that, moment. That was the funny one of the funniest scenes in the movie because you think she's, you think she's got. Funny? Zane, but <laughs> you're not yeah. leaving.
4: You have your dog here with you right now. I'm gonna take your dog, dog when we leave. It's like the most fake the, an animal. The dead dog looks as fake as the dummy as kid the de- in the <laughs> beginning. like this
2: matted, yeah. stuffed animal. Yeah. To the wall.
4: Hey, look, unlike the next movie we we're gonna talk about, they could afford real fucking boats in this one. So I'm gonna Whoa. forgive a dummy kid and a dummy dead dog.
3: I like those things about it, actually.
2: There's a great fake-out in this, too, and I, I won't give it away specifically, but you guys have alluded to the end, the sort of Mike Myers, uh, Michael Myers thing of coming back. Great fake-out and allusion to Cape Fear. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are a lot of really skillful touches in this for the kind of trash movie as as it is, and uh, I'm sorry that uh, we didn't get to see some of the cutscenes, George Miller... Was a producer on this, director of Mad Max, Road Warrior, Fury Road, and all of those movies, and uh, he was kind of involved. Uh, and he shot, ended up shooting some scenes himself. And Miller shot a scene where Sam Neill fights a shark on this on the sinking boat.
1: I think I we've been robbed. I feel uh, like we've been robbed. Yeah,
2: I know. I would like to
1: see that. That would have made it the perfect movie.
3: It it would have, yeah.
1: Personally, for me, you
3: know, I'm not a, a tourist because I I live here. But this time of year, I get this oceanic feeling. Like, I want to watch all shark documentaries. I want to eat oysters. Like, I never want to eat oysters in the winter. But I get kind of caught up in the whole smell of the ocean and stuff.
4: It's because we're, like, entering that time of year where it's not really, like, a possibility for us to go out on the water. At least comfortably. Like, we're getting to
3: that time of year. I'm never comfortable on the water. Ever. This is, like, a big fear for me. It's my dolls. I I don't like it.
1: (laughs) I like a pontoon boat, like oh. on a lake or a pond.
2: I like being on the water. And this movie looks beautiful. The it must have been insane to shoot this. All the boat scenes, I mean, they're obviously out there on the water, and it
4: looks great and it looks dangerous and crazy. Mm. Some of the stuff I don't, I don't know how they filmed it. Well, Nicole Kidman was actually like driving the yacht for that like crazy scene. Where yeah, it's wild. Doing. That. I think they did it like. Sub- I don't know about the boat stuff, but like some of this was like off
3: the actual Great Barrier Reef.
2: Yes, right, right, yeah, crazy.
3: Production reminds me a little bit of like that this same era Brian De Palma movies, like The Dress to Kill, was a little bit earlier, but that kind of style of thriller.
2: And I like that it stuck to you know it did the very classic thing at the beginning of the movie, the the part of the idea of this trip for the couple is getting over the loss of the son and. She gets Nicole Kidman gets this whole speech from Sam Neill about how she's got to be strong and get over it. She's like, you know, cowering in the bottom of the boat. She's, mm-hmm. you know, she can't relax all that She can't get over it. And he gives her this whole speech about how you have to, to be strong. And so she does like the classic hero arc where she not only overcomes the adversity, but she has to spill blood. We've talked about that so many times. You know, the, the hero has to spill blood to complete their transformation, and she does that even if they save some of the best blood spilling for Sam Neill. I don't want to necessarily spoil it, but (sighs) that that last scene or the final sort of sequence there was tacked on um, by the studio because they wanted a a less ambiguous ending. Apparently the novel ends on a somewhat more ambiguous note. And I know, so you can see where the movie was originally going to end. I mean, I don't think Mm -hmm. it's that ambiguous, but it's somewhat ambiguous and the studio said, no, we need... We didn't go out with a bigger bang than that, and boy, do they.
1: The bang, yeah. <laughs> Big
2: bang. So good.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to disagree on the success level of that. Oh, you'd like to end Oh, come <gasps> on. Imagine this movie without oh, that. Oh, my God.
1: I loved it. Are you kidding me? <laughs>
4: I, I guess, you know what? I have to agree with you because I already made the point that it's a trash movie that lets you know mm-hmm. it's trash. Mm. So exactly, you do need that. It's if consistent you with the that yeah. like the artsy, and then, mysterious yeah. ending, and it wrapped it up I, with I a would nice be, yes, little I bow. Would be going back on my previous, you're
3: time. already throwing like four year old dummies through windshields. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> as soon as the bad guy is dispatched of, immediately shampooing their hair, putting on they got fresh <laughs> clothes on. That's how you on, knew. Yeah, and it's the next scene, and she's talking about. Croissants yeah. and eating strawberries. Yeah. And, and it's like, what well, the they got hell? Them. What kind to... of people are these? It's, it's time to relax. It's just a hard day. <laughs> <laughs> All they
4: needed to do was like have Sam Neill hold like a bottle of Pantene Pro-V <laughs> in camera to make it super <laughs> trashy.
1: It was peak Herbal Essences era, I feel like, so that was a missed opportunity. Um, I will say there was... Well, there are many moments in which Billy Zane is listening to music and he's you know putting in his little cassette tapes and yeah. blah blah, blah. <laughs> and there was a moment on the boat when he's like going through the tapes he's like oh this is trash oh what is this? he's like oh this is what i'm talking about and then he puts on fucking a whim way. <laughs> <laughs> oh really i don't
2: yeah. remember that he yeah. puts
1: on a uh, the lion sleeps tonight oh. he's like yeah this is what i'm talking about <laughs> i'm like what the fuck <laughs>
3: <laughs> are we back at sea mateys
1: <laughs> my next pick for this week was Ghost ship the salvage crew aboard the tugboat arctic warrior is the best in the business under the leadership of their captain, Sean Murphy, and with the expertise of salvage team leader Maureen Epps, they can locate any abandoned vessel, patch it up until it's seaworthy, and drag it back to shore for a price. Canadian Air Force pilot Jack Ferriman recruits the team to investigate a mysterious vessel he has spotted floating adrift off the coast of Alaska in a remote region of the Bering Sea. The team discovers the remains of the fabled Antonio Graza, thought to be lost at sea for more than 40 years. It's a hell of a find. The salvage rights alone could be worth a fortune. And by the law of the sea, any vessel discovered on international waters can be claimed by whomever is fortunate enough to find it and skilled enough to haul it back to port. But once on board the eerie cavernous ship, the crew of the Arctic Warrior discovers that the decaying vessel is anything but deserted. It's home to something more deadly and horrific than anything they've ever encountered in all their years at sea. Now the crew must uncover the truth about the ship's past and unlock the mystery that threatens their very survival. Okay, thank you, thank you. Okay, so, I have been met with much contention over the quality of this film by other members of the group for what I would say are many years at this point. Because we're in our third year of the podcast. Fuck off. This is much...
2: (laughs) Wouldn't know it sometimes. (laughs)
1: Uh, This is much like... (laughs) This is my take. Much like my love and appreciation for the beloved film 13 Ghosts, my taste in this film has often come into question. And I can say proudly in the month of August, in the year of our Lord, 2023, that this movie is still a mid-aughts masterpiece. Cue the applause from the soundboard. Yeah, you can
4: just dump in mine
1: from here. 2002. Okay, calm down. You got gore, you got boobs, you got new metal, boom, the trifecta. It's the perfect storm to create a trashy and fun horror film. Going into my most recent rewatch of this one, I was like, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe it was just that I was a young lass and that made me think it was a good horror movie. And then I realized that I am reassured in myself and in Teenage Cat that it does, in fact, still slap. Cha, cha, applause, applause. While it may not be the most elevated horror film that we've watched, it's got some great death scenes. It's got... A great, like twisty mystery afoot, and a bunch of other gross stuff. While Rotten Tomatoes may give this one a mere fifteen percent, I would give this one 99. I highly recommend this You're movie. You're telling on yourself.
2: <laughs> Anyone want to play tugboat? Sure. You want to? You want to go out? want to go out in my tugboat? <laughs> What's what a, that is mean? that a sexual position? I don't or know. Just, it's funny. Like, <laughs> I don't know. So tug, sounds, tugboat is kind of a funny word. Like a tug. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's that's, that's they, what I call taking a bath. Okay. It's
3: <laughs> devolved to <laughs> Venus and Butthead. I mean, what is going on?
2: Oh, God. Gross. You know what? I I, I didn't mind this one. <laughs> I didn't mind this movie. Cat on paper, I should hate Whoa. this movie. I was not looking forward to it. You tried to pick this movie like two years ago. I remember. And you backed down.
4: Mm
1: -hmm. And you
2: tried to stop her from
4: picking it again this time. Yeah. I I didn't. The text was,
1: how about Dead Calm and something else? And I said, (laughs) nope. (laughs) It's a mid-aught, sorry, apparently it's an early aughts masterpiece. Well,
2: uh, it wasn't nearly as bad as I expected. I'm glad I didn't know that this was directed by our old friend Scott Beck, who directed 13 Ghosts before this. They just gave this guy every piece of shit in the early aughts with a new metal soundtrack and said... It's even, you know, it's even very similar to 13 ghosts. It it does that whole thing and actually reminded me a little bit of um, As Above So Below, a much better movie than, than this, but it does that thing where the hauntings, the haunting gets like personalized to each character. Yeah. You know, even this reminded me a little bit of Session Nine in, in that way, where each character is sort of being haunted by things that are specific to them. And uh, I, I read that this the original script of this was sounds like something much closer to Session Nine. It was supposed to be more of a psychological horror thing, uh, and then it got hijacked by uh, Joel Silver, I believe, as the producer. Yeah. Uh, look at look at the movies that Joel silver has produced I'm not gonna question him on the decision to make this more of a uh, a gory horror movie because he's produced everything from 48 hours to lethal weapon to I mean there's like 50 uh, so obviously he knows what he's doing and this made some money this was uh, what was the budget on this um, 20. 20 million made 68 million hey not bad the opening scene mm-hmm. uh, kind of sold me like I, you got a a, a giant Titanic-sized boat, you got a whole deck full of people at a party dancing, and they all get cut in half by a wire. And and I thought that, aside, obviously, the CGI is just absolutely unforgivable, but that was how they had to do it. And so they do that scene. This is the opening of the movie. And you're thinking, the, the, the way that scene is handled, I thought was so skillful because it takes a while, and you're thinking, did the whole entire room just get sliced in half is that what i think that's what happened but it's very slow it shows you people and you're like wait a minute and then very gradually one by one people start falling apart into their (laughs) their sliced up pieces and then oh my god it did happen it was the whole room so at that point i was like okay Mm -hmm. If you're going to open a movie like that, I do have some respect for that, even if you had to use shit-ass 2002 CGI. And this is way less obnoxious than 13 Ghosts. I really honestly didn't mind. I would never recommend it. But, (laughs) you know, if if it was like if you only had basic cable and you were flipping around late at night, this wouldn't be the worst thing you could do. Or if, you know, a millennial, if you had to watch a movie that a millennial with a hazy memory recommended (laughs) from high school...
1: You you could do a lot worse. You could do, I just say you could do worse. You're getting very personal. Um, and uh, ghost shit. It, uh, sorry, just let me interject. A uh, junior high. Okay, let's not age me too old. I know you, make you it
3: sound all wet in the brain and shit. Come on, man.
1: Ah, oh, cat. Hey, bud.
3: Um, <laughs> it, I want to explain to you in this day and mm-hmm. age of technology. Mm-hmm. When you pick movies like this it not only hurts me psychologically, (laughs) it also confuses my algorithm. (laughs) Mm, And it makes my computer say things to me that are very (laughs) insulting. Like, you might also like 13 Ghosts. And
1: maybe you do.
3: Motherfucker. As soon as this movie ended and it did that to me, I was so pissed.
1: I know, I almost just watched it right afterwards.
3: I hated this movie. I think it's a miracle that Gabriel Byrne made it back from this movie it was i mean he's good in everything but i predict this is what hollywood will look like when ai takes over making movies yes. and writing them it just see it had a look like ai art <laughs> it had a look yes. it just had this like i don't know obviously the cgi like boat looking like an aquarium and people on green screens in front of you know a water below that it just looks so fake doesn't look like they're underwater at any point in that the only saving grace for me uh, for this movie were like the the shining callbacks yeah. yeah where it was like a luxury cruise liner and so you did have those like titanic moments or those classic moments although it seemed to be thrown back more than sixty Two? what did they say 1962 yeah, so. it looked like like the Roaring 20s or something when they first yeah. started it um, but I did not like this movie, though. I mean it did I just wanted <laughs> just off for the record thank you not my thing hated it uh, <laughs> suffered through it it seemed like it took an eternity I have no idea how long this movie hour is hour and but 40
1: it was well, like a tight like hour and a half
3: felt like four hours it was forever you paid for it too you paid money for this Dave no I paid for this one Oh, this is on I'm HBO on, Max. Yeah, I'm on, on Kevin's Max. Max.
4: I will disagree with Trent that you shouldn't recommend this because I think this is required viewing. Because mm-hmm. of everything that Trent already said. 1. Unbelievable opening scene. One of the best. Mm-hmm. The, this mm-hmm. you could put this opening scene on a top Top openings oh, of horror movies. On I, on would yes, I would agree. I would agree.
2: I fucking saw Can this Kevin. I saw the the fucking more S- blogs to put this on top thirteen it's opening
4: kill movie. Not buying it. Listen, I, I think it's not great. It. It's,
1: it's Kevin's take, everyone. Hey. Order.
4: Also, Let it's so fucking bad after that that yeah. you should have to watch this movie. Get through that. Watch how bad it is. Okay. And it is. A nighttime, okay, whatever. I I, I don't want to pay attention to anything, but I want to watch something. I'm not kidding, like, two nights before Kat texted us, yeah, well, I'm going to go with Dead Calm and Ghost Ship. Like, two nights before, I was having trouble sleeping and put on fucking Ghost Ship. I was scrolling through Max like, ah, okay, what can I just, like, fall asleep to? Never in wait. all of ship. Max, in That's, all of the entire yeah, Max channel. Yes. But I was looking for something that, like, it wouldn't engage me. It
2: yeah, you, w- you didn't le- want to
4: fall asleep, right.
2: Yeah, and okay.
3: there
4: you go. Okay, that makes
3: sense. So, <laughs> I don't think you can re- recommend it based on that because I had an entirely different experience. I would never put this on at that time of night. God, okay. that would be. Well, I did, and, and I, I an existential crisis that about decision. humanity you fucking and do art You do and
4: It
1: already <laughs> happened. <laughs> you can't
4: take <laughs> you can't that. Can't from go me. back. <laughs> this is really bad, and yeah. I wish that I had never known about the original script. Because you have an unbelievable cast in this. I'm going to disagree. Great cast. Anybody that says that Gabriel Byrne is good in this, he's fucking terrible. Oh, I thought he was good. He's so checked out. I think sometimes he has an accent and sometimes he doesn't.
1: <laughs> you don't. I'm you know, so whatever.
4: confused. No, I, I mean, let's be honest. Go watch the movie again. I'm Isn't totally... he Irish? I thought I, it was just his regular accent. And then sometimes he just doesn't. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Juliana Margulies, um, a young Carl Urban. I mean, you've got legit actors they yeah. all signed on based on the original script. On the original script. script.
1: Yeah. Oh. Showed up to
4: shoot and Joel Silver and Robert Zemeckis had fucking done the Hollywood right. thing on this. Right. And they didn't and they know like, until they got there. Guess what? <laughs> Psych Isaiah Washington. It's good yeah. at this I mean yeah it's a it's a great cast. Yeah. Deaths are cool. Anytime they do the throwback thing in like the reconstruction type stuff, those are cool. Those special effects are pretty cool. Um, I loved the scenes like when they're in like the old decaying like ballroom or part of the ship and then it like kind of like reconstructs itself back to like the 60s like before things happen. I thought that was neat, but I've very rarely do I watch a movie and you can just tell how checked out the actors are like they are phoning this fucking thing in and there's a lot. We talk about a lot of movies in the water and we get into like how they shot them, where they shot them. A lot of these take place in tanks because you're not going to throw people out in the middle of the ocean a lot of the time. I've never seen a movie that's more obvious like during water scenes that's in a tank. Like it's, it doesn't even remotely look like the ocean. So I'm going to defend this in terms of like, all right, it is what it is. It's, <clears throat> it is its better than 13 Ghosts, even though somehow you said you a said cat, 15% Rotten Tomatoes, 13 Ghosts, 18%, so... Mm. 13 goes as far as RT is is uh, concerned is better mm. uh but just bad and then the special effects for 2000 even for 2002 are just unforgivable and when, when I'm looking it up, it's like the people that did the special effects on, like, Scooby-Doo. Yes.
2: And that's like, what yes. it looks like. That's another, what it looks another like. Another Scooby-Doo connection. Everybody
4: yes. involved in this movie, like, is so not from the horror world. And even when you were trying to say, I wouldn't question Joel Silver, the movies you named off are decidedly not horror. Oh,
2: n- right. No, like, no, he's not a horror. You had a whore, whole bunch a of people in guy.
4: this era that right. were like, well, you did Scooby-Doo, and that made money. And you did that, and that made money. Right. So come in here and do that to this horror movie. Not it, what you need And it did make book. money. It did inspire me, however, when I read about the original script, it inspired me to go back and watch a movie called Triangle, which is a fucking yes. similar movie done way better. Yes. And yeah. I would love, if you hadn't just sent us out to see, I'd I'd tee up Triangle on In, in many ways, it back. has a
3: few, um, what's that movie, Time Crimes? Yes, very it much. I've never that. heard of Triangle. Yes. Is it about the Bermuda Triangle?
4: Um, a little bit, yeah. I think sure. it is, yeah. Could, it, interesting. It, pe- people find an abandoned luxury liner out at sea. What year? And then couldn't tell. Maybe Pro- two thousand five or so. Same era. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, it can't Aughts. be too far away. Some uh, somewhere between like oh five and twenty eleven. I'm going to guess.
1: Huh. So, what was the original script like?
4: It, I guess it was j- a psychological thriller where by the time they got onto the boat. They all kind of isolated themselves and each sort of convinced themselves that everyone else was trying to kill them. Mm-hmm. So, sounded probably like a, a more compartmentalized movie where everyone's probably devising this plot to like. Individually survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not much better.
2: You're talking about the Triangle from 2001, starring Luke Perry and Dan Cortez. Definitely no. not. <laughs> no. But, oh, no, but, no, no, but no. I'll pick that next if you're in. If you're interested,
4: <laughs> just, Double just triangle. triangle. It's just on Triangle. Just Triangle with Melissa George. Okay, yeah. and one of the Hemsworth, not Thor.
1: Oh, the other one. I will say, as we're talking about special effects, I did have one moment in which I went, "Oh, that was kind of cool." And it was when the captain is talking to the old captain, Ghost. And so he's in his little quarters and he's sitting there. And all of a sudden you see just a glass moving towards him. And then it does this really interesting transition of the ghost pushing it towards him. That was the only moment I think I was like, nice job. That was good. Well, that
3: discrepancy right there is what I had a problem with because you had all these gag deaths where the ghost would be like, I'm not a real person. Give me a hug, and they would fly through their body, mm-hmm. just pass right through it. And other scenes, ghosts were like handing people books and you know doing whatever. They grabbing they glass. Smoking she was trying to murder him. Tops, like,
1: yeah, she's yeah, trying to murder him. And other
3: times, you just, I'm just like yeah. this translucent entity, and you just yep. fall right hate through it. my hologram. And, and, You're that. just
1: mad because they were translucent boobs. all No, of a and, sudden. and it,
2: it it goes even I'm further than with that. that. It does something that I hate when these movies do. It's the cheapest, laziest. Friggin' way out of anything all of a sudden you can blow up a ghost all all, all of a sudden now it's clearly it's been established but it's not a ghost Entire movie it's a demon who just does who takes whatever physical form he wants spoiler alert it's been very well established
1: he doesn't want anyone to watch this movie you can't
2: like shoot a fucking demon okay i'm sorry you can't all of a sudden i hate when a movie establishes that these are otherworldly uh Apparitions or beings, right? And then all of a sudden, at some point in the movie, they need this this being to be hit in the head with a baseball bat. And all of a sudden, you can just you can push the ghost off the building. What? Why? Why, why would he care about that? And then he doesn't. And he like comes back anyway. Come on.
4: Oh wait. Speaking of like the special effects being done by Scooby, the music. Guess two movies that the person that scored this fucking film did.
3: Scooby Doo one and Scooby Doo two. <laughs> beavis and butthead in office space wow second time beavis and butthead has come up tonight
2: so you were talking about triangle 2009
3: yes okay i never heard of it looks good you know i I didn't really have as much of a problem with the story of this like if this was done like session nine like i would have loved it you know it's kind of like the same premise yeah but you could have had more things like that made the thing a great movie. You could have had more inner turmoil within the the people in it. You know what I mean? There was that one guy who's kind of outcast, I guess in real life cancelled and also on the on the ship, mm-hmm. but you didn't have as much inner tor- turmoil between the characters, and there wasn't much. Emotion mm-hmm. again in responses. To I things. was confused for a while about
4: whether or not Gabriel Byrne and Margulies were like lovers or no. He like, was her. He was a mentor. Yeah, yeah, he exactly. was a mentor. But they it, they they kind of like play with that. Where Where this film really pisses me off is by naming the demon guy ferryman <laughs> right from the beginning of the movie. They are like. You, hey audience, you're a bunch of fucking idiots. And we're letting you know right from the get go. Here's Uh. this guy named Ferriman. And then at the end, they're like, guess what? You were right all along. Fuck you.
1: Just for the listeners who don't uh, know what a Ferriman is, could you explain it? It's one of those things like. It's a theremin. Somebody oh. who,
2: somebody who ferries, like puts people on a boat, souls to hell. Ah, oh, I
1: mean, okay.
4: Ferries souls. To I thought hell. maybe it was oh. like a,
1: like a, a. I
4: wasn't offended by that because I had no idea what. Well, you're even dumber then.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, who I was asking for. It's Dave, not me.
2: I don't know. I think this movie gets a little bit of a bad rap. I mean, I, I think that it's wrong that this movie has the same reputation honestly as 13 ghosts this is a way better movie than that it and I like the cast I don't know I didn't think they were that checked out I mean it's a dumb you know action horror water movie whatever but this is way better than 13 ghosts it should not have the same score and I wonder I don't know I I just think we've seen much worse than this and you could do much worse than this I don't Fuck I don't off. think This it sucks I don't think <gasps> it's as bad as uh, Beck's other work
1: it sounds kind of stupid but I think this was a pivotal moment for me in my horror film watching as a teen. This was a instrumental movie, I would say.
2: This is it's, where it all went wrong.
1: Because when I watched the opening scene, it was just the most crazy thing I think I had it ever seen. To yeah. be honest, like I had yeah, seen is. Halloween. We've talked about that. Yes, that's crazy. A guy stabbing, but to see an entire ship yeah of people just get sliced in yeah. half and you weren't sitting on f- cable television right that was not censored at all on the sci-fi channel and you weren't sitting there like say,
2: oh the cgi is so bad no i was like, Whoa.
1: literally just like oh my, this is horror this yeah. is it so this one holds a special place in my heart
4: i get you i and, get that yeah. i am not judging you for picking this i'm just i can no longer watch this as just like a brainless i know too much about it yeah. and i know uh, what it potentially could have been.
3: Well, I'm mad.
1: Well, yeah, this is mostly for Dave. A man mad. who would yeah. rather make a, a group, a room full of people watch The Greasy Strangler mm. is giving me mm. shit. That's what I did for my ghost birthday, Ship. Dude. I know what you did.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Speaking of that opening scene, I really liked how they bring that back at the end because in the opening, like I was saying, you get that very drawn out, very restrained. Um, really kind of hooking you into whether this is really happening or not. And then at the end, they show that scene in real time, just play out at the speed that it would have. So you kind of had it both ways. I liked that. At the end, you get the full Monty on that scene. Snap. Uh, the wire goes. Everybody saw it in half. Hey, that that
3: was cool. Uh, just just for the log, Kevin, will you uh, just notate that Trent likes goosebumps? <laughs> What's <laughs> the wrong this with that is goosebumps. This is Goosebumps That's gonna All be my next pick day long. Is Jack
1: Black's Goosebumps 1 and 2
3: I mean I would say they're a bit more
2: A bit scarier I thought it was funny when Greer Who's played by uh, Isaiah Washington Gets
4: seduced by the ghost singer <laughs> After like making such a big deal That he just recently <laughs> got engaged yeah. yeah and then he's like Well if it's a ghost it doesn't really count right
2: Yeah he even right. says
1: it to her He's like I know you're not real so so just how does gonna he gonna think go he's going to fuck a ghost? I don't know. Again, this is just like shooting a ghost. You also can't <laughs> fuck a ghost. I don't know. Um, it's called spectrophilia. And then she just, and you can fuck a ghost. She tricks him into falling into the shaft or whatever. Oh, yeah, the, she the, wanted the to fall body into the shaft. <laughs> <like,
3: laughs> so dumb. But he was just making out with her a second before that.
1: Yeah. And then they reveal her actual form. And that was who
3: So they can just change their solidity at any time. Mm. I'm solid. Oh, now I'm gaseous and you could just pass through me and fall into the elevator shaft
1: i'm a little gaseous right now <laughs> next week
2: time to get back to some basics well I'm trying to think about chronological order here yeah next week uh we're, we're we're getting back to basics we've been taking a lot of chances lately we've seen a lot of obscure stuff seen a lot of shit <laughs> like this uh, it's, t- it's time to uh, check out a movie I can't believe we haven't talked about, and I think about it all the time, 1982's Pieces. Wow, okay. Yeah. Wow. Also, going to talk about uh, a movie that was recommended by our uh, our Halloween costume contest winner last year, Matt. Remember uh, remember when Matt won the costume contest? Dressed yeah, as, uh... we couldn't
3: find it anywhere.
2: No, that was his first recommendation. He recommended two movies, one that wasn't on streaming, and then he recommended another one, but by that time we had already done the episode, so we never got to it. He recommended Curtains from 1983. Ooh. Okay. Going back to the 80s next week. Oh.